Hello and welcome to the next in our series of employment group podcasts from Boys Turner. I'm Emma O'Connor, a senior associate and head of training in the employment group. For this podcast, I am joined once again by Ian Clements, Managing Director of Quadriga Health and Safety, to discuss the myriad of COVID-19 health and safety obligations on employers. This podcast focuses on the obligations in England and not for the devolved nations. I began by asking Ian about the new legislation and obligations which came into force on the 28th of September 2020 and asked what difference these have made to employers' COVID-19 health and safety obligations. Yes, indeed, there has been changes, Emma, um, particularly in England, where we're going to be talking about today. So the key change to an employer's health and safety obligations is it's now an offence for an employer to require someone to come to work or let them come to work other than them working at home if they've been told to isolate or they've been tested positive for COVID-19. So if NHS Test and Trace has contacted the person or they've had a positive test, it's an offence for an employer to allow them to come to work. So obviously that's placing an uh, an obligation there on the employee or the worker to tell their employer uh, that they have tested positive. Indeed there is. There is also a requirement on the employee themselves to notify their employer if they've tested positive or they've been told to isolate by NHS test and trace, which could of course have happened because a member of their household or close contact has has tested positive. Would you advise employers to tell their workers that there is this positive obligation? Yes. Uh, Although there isn't a specific legal requirement for the employer to tell their employees that, it would be very wise to do so as part of their overall risk control measures. Uh, We have certainly done that in our organisation immediately. The requirement came into force to make clear to people that they have an obligation to tell us um, if they've tested positive or if they've been told to isolate. And we also have seen the government moving now towards local lockdowns and this three-tier system. Um, This change to the local lockdowns, does that change any obligations for for employers in in England, Ian? Indeed it does, if the local lockdown applies to their premises. So obviously there are specific restrictions on certain types of work and certain types of premises imposed by lockdowns. So clearly the employer is affected by those, particularly in the hospitality industry and some of the close contact services if there are requirements there. So yes, there is a changed obligation affected directly by the local lockdown requirements. And we know that the advice has gone back to work from home where you can. Um, But obviously, for those uh, individuals who cannot work from home, are there any additional uh, measures that employers should be aware of? The requirements in relation to a COVID secure workplace are clearly have always applied and the uh, and the guidance keeps changing on what should happen there is there is a subtle difference now in the way the legislation is being applied in relation to working from home originally in england when we had the lockdown at the end of march it was an offence for someone to to leave home to go to work if it was reasonably possible for un- for them to undertake their work at home 
Um, now th that is more a provision of guidance and the the government has emphasised the mental health agenda as well. So where there is a situation where a person is having difficulty working at home, particularly due to the working conditions that they may have, or um, difficulty in terms of being isolated and whatever, that is a reasonable reason for to come to work, provided of course the employer can provide a safe workplace for them, that they can maintain the other controls on social distancing etc. And provided of course they're not in a lockdown where that type of business has been prohibited. And what are the rules now about face coverings uh, for employees and workers? Uh, we, we've had quite an extension to the requirements in terms of face coverings and I would emphasise I'm talking here now about general workplaces rather, rather than um, hospitals or places providing health care where we're, where we're talking about personal protective equipment but in terms of face coverings which are largely about protecting others there's been an extension now that they're now required for um, people in, in, in taxis and private hire vehicles and for their employees in, in places providing services such as shops, cafes, restaurants, bars, public houses uh, and, and of course some of the close contact services. Um, so in addition to face coverings being required by members of the public in, in a wide range of premises, including of course enclosed shops, common, common parts of hotels, etc., they are also now required um, by employees or to be worn by employees in those types of businesses. One area in particular where our clients are, are struggling is really in this balance between what is a legal requirement and what is guidance, best practice. Can you explain what the the legal obligations and the penalties now? We've talked about obviously um, in regards to face coverings, we've talked about um, the, the rule about not uh, requiring your employee to return to work if they are self-isolating, but what, what are the fines and the potential there, the potential risks there for employers? I think we need to split this into two um, halves. One is what are the specific legal restrictions and specific penalties associated with those legal restrictions and what are the general requirements under the Health and Safety at Work etc Act which of course breach of which can still result in penalties and quite severe penalties. So I think it's important to look at this in two parts. One is specific requirements and one is the general requirements in order to keep employees and others safe. So in terms of um, specific requirements, it, it, it is an offence for an employer to require an employee to come to work or to go to a place of work other than their home where they're isolating if they've tested positive or if they've been told by NHS test and trace to isolate and the penalty for that for an employer is a fi fine of up to £10,000. Clearly if an employer doesn't ensure the health and safety of their staff and those that might be affected 
by their activities under the general duties of the Health and Safety at Work Act and that is very much in relation to following the requirements of the risk assessment and government guidance, then that is an offence which can result in unlimited fine for the company and up to two years imprisonment for uh, responsible senior directors that are, that are found to have consented or connived or, or allowed that offence to take place. So I think it is important for people to recognise, for employers to recognise the specific obligations they have, but also not to forget the general ones. Another big area that, that we're finding, Ian, and we're getting lots of questions about, is what should employers do if an employee tells them that they've either tested positive for COVID-19 or they have uh, been contacted by NHS Test and Trace. So what, what should employers be doing? Okay, so the, the, the first thing is if the employee has had a positive test or been contacted by NHS Test and Trace, then that employee has the legal duty not to come to work and the employer should, has the legal duty to make sure they don't come to work. So the first point is to re-emphasise to the employee the importance of actually self-isolating, the legal requirement to self-isolate and clearly obviously to, to thank them for telling the employer. Now. Generally speaking, the rest of what is required will be taken over by NHS Test and Trace unless there's more than one confirmed case in the workplace. And if the employer is aware of more than one confirmed case in the workplace, then they have to contact the pub public health department and they then take over what happens from that point. So the employer themselves, unless they've got obviously more than, more than one case in, in the workplace, they don't have to contact NHS Test and Trace? No, what they should do if the employee has reported symptoms is to make sure the employees contacted NHS Test and Trace and got a, an order of the test. And then a, NHS Test and Trace will then co deal with the employee as an individual and actually tell them to self-isolate and then they have a legal obligation to do so. And one of the big concerns for employers is obviously what they should be doing with, in relation to other employees, other workers, customers or, uh, or, or visitors to the place of work. What, what should employers be doing there? OK, so um, it, it, em, employers have a duty to make sure that they have a register of employees that come into the workplace when they're there and whatever. That applies to to. to, to to all businesses. Mm -hmm. um, in addition, for businesses in the hospitality sector, the leisure sector, the close contact services sector, they have an obligation to either make sure that their, their customers and visitors um, log in using the test and trace app and the QR code for that premises, or keep details of the um, person that's organised the visit, the, the, the lead party of a, of a, a group of six in a restaurant, for example, or whatever. But what most um, public places are doing is to display the QR code and, of course, to make sure that the customer c has logged in using that QR code. And if they haven't got a smartphone or whatever, then they have to keep a record of who they are and their contact details. 
So if it's a workplace, so not hospitality, not a close contact uh, business, if it's uh, an office-based business and you've got um, your your colleagues, they, they're going out, they're visiting customers, should employers leave it to NHS Test and Trace to contact customers or should employers be almost taking that upon themselves to contact uh, any close contacts um, of, of that individual that's, that's tested positive. They should be using NHS test and trace. If it's an employee in the workplace um, that, that is tested positive, there are restrictions on actually telling everyone else who has tested positive. But if it's in their own workplace, they should say to other employers, we have had a positive, positive test, but they don't have to say who it is. Um, employers shouldn't be contacting um, all sorts of other parties because they should be using the NHS or allowing NHS test and trace to do that. I think that's a really good point and I think what we're finding is that there is this balance between employers wanting to do the right thing um, and from a sort of a customer level feeling that they should be contacting them to let them know that the, that there's been a, a case, not, of course, naming the individual. And I think that it's it's very hard for employers to get that balance right between, as I said, wanting to do the right thing um, yes. from a customer perspective and a, and a business relationship perspective, but then allowing, if you like, the sort of the, the NHS test and trace to actually do their job. Um, and I and it, it's it's very very difficult, but I think what you're saying is let the test and trace do their thing, um, yes. and almost sort of you know, unless you've got obviously the two cases where you have to, uh, you know, tell tell public health, um, really just let the test and trace do their do their, you know, what what they have to do. I, I wonder if your advice would be any different, Ian, um, to any uh, businesses in any different sectors. Um, you know, sort of telling customers and, and telling third parties and telling other staff. So, for example, if you've got a, a, a business that works within the health care se sector or within one of the, the other close contact sectors, if, if the advice is different. Clearly, it's important that employers liaise together, particularly when they're providing services one to another. And, and, and in those circumstances, it would be prudent then to be actually um, telling the other party, particularly in healthcare, um, that we have had a problem with an employee and let, letting them take the appropriate precautions. But what, what businesses such as um, restaurants and uh, general workplaces should be doing is actually making sure that an employee that has um, reported symptoms has gone through the NHS test and trace process. And what about the test and trace app uh, Ian um, I understand it's not a, a mandatory requirement uh, that people download it but I wonder whether employers should be encouraging staff or facilitating staff to, to download it what's your view on that my view would be as part of the general duty of care to employees that um, one should encourage employees to download the test and trace app and to, to make use of it um, both in their business life and their personal life. In other words, that if they're um, traveling for business and going to a hotel or a restaurant um, for, for a meal, they should be using the Test and Trace app. In our organization, we've asked, for example, all our employees to download it onto their phones. Um, however, the thing to watch out for is that you may have 
uh, an office or indeed a, a restaurant or, or whatever that is displaying the QR code, um, you are not removed from the requirement for your to keep a record of where your employees are and the fact that they're there and when they're there because you've got the test and trace app in position or because your employers are using it, employees are using it. So at your own business premises, it is visitors and um, particularly in restaurants, etc., in the hospitality sector, visitors and customers that should be making use of that app, and you're required to, to either keep a record of those visitors and customers or make sure they use the app. But in terms of your own employees, irrespective of whether they use the app, you are required to keep a record of your employees being at your premises and, and, and when they were there. So, Ian, Christmas is approaching, December is nearly upon us. Um, has this really sort of uh, sounded at sort of the end of the, the office Christmas party, do you think? I, I believe so in the current circumstances. Um, generally, most employers would regard a Christmas party as a social event. It is therefore subject to the restrictions um, if there's not a specific lockdown on, on the rule of six um, with, with um, with social distancing. So unless your office Christmas party is, is extremely small, and unless you're prepared to actually keep everyone two metres apart, then it really uh, does mean that the office Christmas party is going to have to be moved into sometime next year when the restrictions uh, are, are, are relaxed, hopefully. Unless, of course, one of the employees um, wants to have a wedding, um, in, in which case that um, uh, they can have up to 15 present at the wedding, again with social distances. But I think uh, most office Christmas parties would be regarded as a social event, not subject to the um, exceptions in terms of a necessary business event and therefore uh, would be subject to the rule of six even in the medium risk, lowest risk areas, the tier three areas uh, that apply. So given where we are, um, and obviously you and I spoke uh, back in, in the sort of summer months, um, what would be your key takeaways and your key advice for employers uh, at this stage? My key advice would be, first of all, review again your risk assessments in terms of the latest government guidance, which keeps changing so that your business premises are actually compliant with the risk assessment requirements and you're monitoring and re-emphasizing to your employees the standards that are required for those that are, are actually working or having to work in, 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 in the premises. In terms of those that are working at home, do have regard for the safety of their arrangements and their mental health when working at home. Things like uh, workstation assessments, concerns such as isolation and whatever. Do emphasize the importance of your employees notifying you if they're self-isolating so that you can take the appropriate actions there. And above all, I think, keep emphasizing to employees the importance of getting this right, the hand hygiene, the use of face coverings, etc., so that you minimize risk to them and your business. Many thanks to Ian Clements for joining me and answering my questions. For help, 
and support or advice for your business in relation to COVID-19 health and safety issues, then get in touch with me, Emma O'Connor, via our website, www.boysturner.com. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.